Welcome everyone to a new episode of On the Rise. I am Vishal Yatish, a junior at Mission San Jose High School. What drives successful people? What does passion truly mean and how does one find it? This is what we're going to find out together. On the Rise features top tier founders and innovators to talk about their journeys and motivations to help inspire the next generation of leaders. Today, we're joined by Alice Dang, the founder and CEO of Slope, a YC-backed fintech company that allows B2B businesses to offer buy now, pay later purchases and accept diverse payment options at checkout. Hi, Alice. Thanks again for joining us today. Let's dive right in. We'd love to hear more about you and your startup. Yeah, no, I would love to answer any questions. So you have explored many different roles and opportunities from interning at top VC firms like Greylock, Free Ventures, to working as a product manager at Dropbox. How have these different experiences shaped or benefited you? Yeah, for sure. So um, when I went to um, you know, college or when I was ready to go to college, I actually didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. I did a business program in high school called um, DECA. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? I really like the club, so might as well just study that in college. Um, I ended up going to Berkeley and it's actually super surprising. I know I'm in the Bay Area, but I had not, like, I didn't know anything about technology or tech or like the tech or startups before um, even, you know, the first year of college. Um, I think all I knew was, you know, big older companies like Oracle um, and like Cisco. I, had, I actually didn't know too much about like, you know, up and coming things. And so when I was uh, in college, uh, I ended up my first uh, summer doing like this banking internship. And it was a weird internship because um, the hours were pretty tough and it was, it was not what I was expecting um, in what I wanted to work on for like, you know, post-graduation or like the rest of my life. And so I was like, you know, I need to rethink this. Um, and um, I started exploring a lot of different other clubs that weren't like totally business, business related. And um, a lot of the merging clubs uh, on campus at UC Berkeley were kind of in tech. Um, and so there's like this hackathon community um, where we organize large hackathons every year called CalHacks. I ended up kind of being an organizer there and um, a few other, you know, tech organizations like Blueprint, we build technology for nonprofits. And so after kind of getting a sense of the things there, um, a friend of a friend, I think a friend introduced me to um, Greylock um, as like a summer internship. I applied, I ended up getting in. I actually had no idea what venture capital was. Like, I was like, oh, what is this? Is this like a bank? is this a banking internship? <laughs> um, and so I was actually very, very surprised that, um, you know, an awesome firm like Greylock funds a lot of these startups and these startups build huge, impactful billion dollar businesses like Airbnb, Facebook, all of, all of the above. And so um, actually, yeah, definitely that um, internship, um, you know, let me saw, like, let, like gave me the opportunity to see that there's a lot out there that you can do um, that isn't just, you know, you know, banking or consulting or accounting, um, things like that. I, I actually think back at, back when I was in college, like not a lot of people knew about like the startup scene. Um, and so uh, I think because of that internship, I was like, you know what, like maybe I can also do a startup. Like 
since I actually thought like a startup was like super hard. Like, it is really hard, by the way, but like I thought it was like more like a restaurant or like a pop-up shop. Um, but when I realized that there's like these venture firms and venture capital all around that funds these startups, it's actually not as risky as you think um, to build your own company. Um, and so, yeah, when I graduated, I really wanted to jump into startups. Um, I wanted to found something, but I actually wanted to, you know, clear out my student debt before I, you know, did anything reckless with my career, um, which I think that my parents are very uh, happy about. So I spent a year um, at Dropbox as a product manager, and um, it was, you know, only a year there. I ended up clearing all my debt, um, and I learned a lot there too. When you're shipping products, it's it's not the same as being like a founder, but it's very, very close to like being able to feel how it feels like to iterate and, you know, uh, build cool products. And so I ended up leaving my role there and um, I actually wanted to be a founder for a very long time. And I finally, finally took the jump. Um, and so I really thank, I really thank the Greylock family for, um, you know, taking a chance on me and, you know, giving me the experience of how the ecosystem looks like and made me feel very confident that I, I myself can do this. And also just like being involved with so many of those tech student clubs that also gave me the confidence that there's so much out there rather than just the path that I saw when I um, started school. <laughs> so you actually covered, right, like jump right into my next question. So yeah. a lot of students, they think that their journey ends once they get to college. They go to college, they get their dream job, but you actually left your operator role at Dropbox to start your first company, Glisten AI, which uses computer vision and natural language, natural language processing to automatically categorize and analyze e-commerce data, I believe. So how did you decide to make that switch and how did your role as an operator help with your own company? Yeah, so um, I, yeah, I left my PM job at Dropbox um, to start, you know, my first company um, and making the switch, it, it, like looking back, it wasn't that big of a decision because I knew I wanted to be a founder actually after graduating. I took a job because I, I felt like I probably should have some experience before I just leave in there. Also, like my parents would have like definitely been, you know, very, very worried about me if I just, um, never had a job. Um, and actually they're still worried about me because um, quitting after a year back then when you know no one really, I actually had no idea what I was gonna work on after I quit. I quit before deciding what I was gonna do. And so the decision to make the switch, it was, it was kind of tough because uh, number one, like you're fresh out of college still and um, you still are lacking the experience, but I felt it was something I wanna do for a long time. So I just did it. Um, and how it helps is actually, it's more like the people management um, things I've learned more than the actual like day-to-day -day job of being a PM. I think when you're a PM, you kind of know, learn a lot of how to like manage stakeholders and like how to deal with like, you know, people problems and like, man like managing roadmap and like products, um, shipping and all of that. So having like, learning a lot of good process at a good, you know, company like Dropbox helped a lot with setting a good cadence for how we ship things at, like, at the startups that I've been a part of, yeah. Another extremely amazing aspect of your story is the fact that both of your startups were accepted into YC, which is just 
it's mind boggling since I believe that YC's acceptance rate is between 1.5 and 3%, which hands down puts it beneath the world's most competitive universities. Like that acceptance rate is just like so low. So well done. Uh, but what are some of the key lessons that you learned through the whole process? Yeah, um, so I, I did YC in winter 20. So actually like a little bit more than a year ago. So it was actually really, uh, some founders do YC twice, um, but it's like pretty, a lot of years apart. <laughs> but for me, like it was like pretty quick, like last year and then back at it again. Um, and so I actually, um, I have one of the partners I work with now, he was one of my partners in that I worked with before. And so he knew me before. Um, and I think he's seen kind of the journey I've been on. Um, I think there's like a few key lessons I've learned on throughout this whole process. Number one is, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, want to go through this accelerator or through YC because it like stamps something like as an approval, like, oh, you know, once I get accepted, that means I'm a great startup. Um, but what's actually counterintuitive is like the people that don't really care about those things are the ones that go through it. So like, um, honestly, I didn't really need to go through it a second time. And like, I kind of, I knew that I wanted to, like for me to have gone through a first company and want to do a second one, I like really want to do this, right? Like it's really hard to be a founder and to do this, you know, again, knowing all the hardships and pain that I've been through, I really want to do this. And so I'm going to do this regardless of YC or regardless of any venture funding. And like, I will do this. Um, and so I think, I kind of see it as um, I've given YC um, the opportunity to invest, <laughs> not as in like, oh, you know, I really, really want it. Like obviously being part of YC is an amazing community and that's why we decided, I decided to do it again. Um, but I think with the, the founders that go through it, a lot of them are giving, you know, YC the opportunity to invest in them and they're gonna do and ship things and build a company regardless. Um, and so you need to have that mindset for you to have like a, an awesome company. And that's actually how you get in. <laughs> and um, I think if I had advice to the people that are gonna be in the next batch, um, I think it would be like really work on what you want to work on. It's really hard to be a founder. And like, I will tell you um, going through the program, like we work a lot, like work like, you know, day in, day out, every day. Um, and if you don't really like what you do, like you're gonna burn out really quickly and you're gonna get so tired and all of that and you're not gonna make it. So for you to make it, you have to like really, really love what you're working on. Mm -hmm. So I, I spoke about this in my previous episode as well. The pandemic has shifted so much about how we live, we study and we work. We're definitely seeing a huge shift in consumer behavior uh, with more online versus offline payments, specifically the buy now, pay later payment space, which obviously you're working in. I would love to hear your thoughts on how you envision this space to evolve in the next five to 10 years. Like, where do you see as the future of FinTech? Yeah, so um, obviously FinTech's really, you know, a big topic nowadays in the startup uh, land and it's a huge, huge growing industry. Um, I think with consumer um, buy now, pay later, as you see, the, you know, it is hot, right? There's been multi-billion dollar exits, the Afterpay um, acquisition from Square, 
um, all these, you know, BNPL plays popping up internationally and they're all growing and still there's room to grow. However, what we see, which is what we're building at Slope is consumer, there's so much going on with buy now, pay later, but with business B2B transaction, there's actually not as much, <laughs> at least like right now, there's not as much, maybe in the future there, there definitely will be, but there's so much opportunity in the B2B space where um, actually net terms, which is this offline kind of, you know, buy now, it's like buy now, pay later, but it's always been there this whole time offline um, is like a table stakes thing. But as, you know, businesses are moving online, um, it's actually very crucial to like have financing options for them. So the way we like started working on this is actually my co-founder's parents um, work in wholesale in Brazil. And, you know, before the pandemic, a lot of this B2B commerce was done like at these trade fairs, they would like fly into China, go to these, you know, trade fairs and like order their product for like the next year. Now they're gravitating towards ordering on these online B2B marketplaces on these online B2B supplier sites. And uh, we've noticed that these marketplaces don't necessarily have net terms. And so we're enabling these players to like have this financing. And I think in the next five to 10 years, business like commerce is going to go online at a rapid play pace. So consumer, you know, you can see with Amazon and like all these online ordering platforms, D2C, like everyone, you know, is starting to order things online. Groceries, you know, is being delivered online, like food, everything's online. The same thing is going to happen with B2B. It's always five to 10 years late versus consumer. And that's when you're going to see this like mega shift in the world because consumer is actually not a huge percentage of the world's commerce. It's business to business. And so we're very excited at Slope to be at like the forefront of this kind of, you know, next decade transitional change and um, hopefully provide a lot of financing and, you know, capital to the businesses that need it to grow. Mm -hmm. And we were, you spoke earlier about the growth in the FinTech sector so mm -hmm. the fintech sector actually has attracted a lot of vc investments particularly recently quarter two of this year was the largest funding quarter for fintech companies who raised a record of 30.8 billion dollars i believe according to cb insights how has your fundraising experience been yeah so um i will tell you it has been night and day from the last time i fundraised last year during the pandemic so my first company, we fundraised, like demo day was when SF went into lockdown last year in March. So like the worst of the worst. And it was when, you know, Sequoia launched, you know, shipped their uh, black swan article about how like the world, <laughs> like the, con the economy is going to tank and everything. And so this time it was completely like a 180 change. Like this time we had no problem fundraising. And obviously, you know, being in FinTech, it's especially, especially like, crazier. I think the valuations are like in insane levels right now. Um, but at the same time, it's like the market is, you know, pricing fintech companies because they see the returns, like especially in BNPL um, with, you know, Afterpay's exit and um, all these IPOs, you know, like Affirm um, and, um, you know, Klarna is doing great and they're still private. Um, and there's massive, massive opportunity in B to B like BNPL. And so, yes, it has been night and day. Uh, and we're very, very blessed because um, 
we've been through fundraising at a really horrible time. And so we're very, very thankful. Um, and we don't take it for granted, like all the interest that, you know, we've gotten so far, so. And this is a little bit of a, a little continuation of what we were discussing about the demo day. How do you choose the right investor for your company? Yeah, so it really depends on what you want from an investor. Some people want to be, you know, have a bit more like, you know, uh, structure in how they, you know, work with their investors. Some people, you know, don't really want any like help or resources. They just need the capital to grow. I think we're towards that end. I think for us, you know, we're second time founders, both my co-founder and I have founded a company before. Um, and so it's more like, we know what we're gonna do. <laughs> like we know what we're doing. We trust our product judgment. We trust our iteration judgment. And at the end of the day, you know, we're inviting a VC to sit on our rocket ship, right? Um, and we know what we know what's best for the company because we spend every single day working on it. And so we chose our investors based on kind of giving us autonomy of like what, to, like, you know, we don't really want investors that like call us every day to check in. Like there's no, no need for that. Um, and just, you know, people that really have conviction in what we're building. So all of our investors, you know, they, they really, really like are convicted, like have huge conviction on like our future, what we're working on like the, you know, the thesis that we have um, in building slope. And um, that's all we can ask for is uh, people that really, really trust and believe that we can build this. And also like they trust the team. So at such an early stage like this, right? It's really about like the people that are like behind it. Um, and um, yeah, we're very lucky that all our investors um, mostly invest in the team as well as like the potential of such a huge market that we're tackling. But it's really, it's really like us. <laughs> mm -hmm. And to close this out, one final question. You talked about this a little bit before, but let's present this a little bit more formally. If you could give one piece of advice to aspiring entrepreneurs, what would it be? Yeah, I think um, it's, it's really to just take the first step, right? So I, I actually have a lot of friends um, that want to be founders or people that always ask me like, hey, how'd you do it? And it's really, really about taking the first step. And the first step's very scary. So, you know, I you know, Vish, you're in you're in high school, but once you know you're in college and once you get a job, there's a lot of responsibilities that um, you start to like hang on you. Like you have to like start paying bills and things like that. Um, and when you have a job, it's really hard to turn away your salary, right? And especially, you know, my friends that work at like high, you know, large tech companies that have like high paying salaries, like it's hard to like give it all up and have nothing, right? <laughs> um, but it's, you know, if this is something that you all, if, you know, if you want to start a company, like just take the first step and do it. And I don't think anyone that has done that really has regrets, especially because you're learning so much. Um, and so, yes, just take the first step and it's a very scary step, but just take it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alice, for your time. Thanks everyone for joining us. Stay tuned for my next episode. See you all soon. Bye.